our technology, what happens is that the beauty of quantum physics is that between any two locations, they're separated by let's say 200 kilometers. Between them, I can put my boxes at two ends. Think of think of these boxes like a servers, a two hardware servers I put at two ends, and these two boxes magically we create a pair of keys without sharing any information on the on the network, which means that both of them will have the same key, one side encryption, other side decryption, without accessing any information on the network, which means hackers can never get access to that information. Hi, wherever you're listening to us. I hope you're staying safe and doing well. Welcome to Forbes India's The Daily Tech Conversation, where we bring you insights from tech entrepreneurs, CXOs, and investors from around the world whose work has a bearing on India. I'm Hariyarakli, your host, and my guest today is Sunil Gupta, co-founder and CEO of Q New Labs, a five-year-old Chennai startup that has developed commercially ready quantum-safe security products and solutions. In this conversation, Gupta talks about the founder's vision of building a globally recognized deep tech company from India in the quantum safe cybersecurity space. Here's more. Sunil, uh, welcome to this podcast. Thank you so much for making time for this. Uh, tell us a bit about uh, the journey that brought you to the starting of QNU and then we'll jump into it. Yeah, hi. So I will take you back to 2016. Uh, you know, that was a time when India was, India had decided to uh, take, uh, move from a cash-based economy to a digital economy. We had already started seeing uh, uh, large uses of internet, smartphones, and then uh, Paytm was already there, very popular. And people had started using a lot, lot of internet banking and a and, uh, lot, lot of uh, transaction uh, online. So, and, and then when we looked forward, we said in the next five years, we, 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 could, we could see a convergence of 5G technologies, blockchains, AI, ML, uh, you know, IoT and, and uh, autonomous vehicles, robotics. So when we said all these technologies are actually building a extremely hyper-connected digital world, then the trust is going to be very important. But when we looked at the, the amount of hacking that was happening, the amount of incidents that were getting reported in the media in terms of how many banks have been lost their data, how many, and a number of other people lost the data. So it was very clear that while we are world is very rapidly moving towards a digital economy, and India is also doing that, but there is a somewhere the trust is lacking, right? There, there's a missing trust. And you can't have a digital economy without digital trust, right? So, um, so we felt we we saw a, um, a problem area, a big problem area, and we said, why don't we uh, bring a new technology, a new way of looking at the trust, and that is where the QNU was born. When the founder decided that we will use a quantum physics-based principles to convert, to change a classical uh, security to a quantum-based security. Mm. So 2016, you started the company. Since then, give us a snapshot of how it has evolved and grown. Uh, tell us about any funding details, important investors, uh, and also about your uh, you know most important products. So deep tech uh, was it was a very audacious uh, um, step, I would say, or decision by the founders. And the reason was that there was no um, example before uh, that before QNU in India to have done. Uh, a deep research and deep uh, deep tech uh, venture, right? Um, so we didn't have people, we didn't have the expertise, 
some of the little expertise was available only on the uh, in the in the some of the academia circle and a couple of IITs and so on. And we said if you have to build it from scratch, it was a it was a very big big challenge, right? A lot of people dissuaded us saying. Uh, India, you can't get uh, resources in India, you can't get talent, you won't get funding in India. If you want to do the such thing, go to US, right? Don't waste your time. And almost everybody said that. But but then there was no fun if you would have done that, right? So, so we said, um, India, if India has to really emerge at the, at the global uh, arena, then India has to build this capability and the skills. And since we, some of us in, in the team, uh, founding team had already done that before, uh, in C dot and a couple of other places, we said, uh, if anybody can do it in India, then this is a team, right? And then we said, let's put together a plan uh, to do that. Obviously, when we started with, uh, it was, uh, and in any deep tech, there are actually four phases, right? The first four phases called proof of science, right? Where you have to take a fundamental science and then uh, understand that and say that, yes, we understand the science to really convert it into technology, right? Then second point comes as the proof of tech. Right, which means that now we understand science. How do we apply these science principles to build a technology? So, so we spent significant amount of time initially about uh, 2016, 2017, and early part of 2018 to get the, the proof of science done. So when we understood that in 2018, we got our tech working. Right? It, was a, it was a tough, uh, tough challenge uh, because uh, um, it was early product was uh, was not uh, was not in a good shape, uh, but uh, we we had a uh, we had just signed up Swiss Cisco Launchpad at that time, and we had a some sort of a guidance as well as an external pressure to demonstrate that to the um, to the audience uh, about uh, our product, and I will explain about the product later. And then that gives us an energy and a purpose and a goal. And we went behind that. And in 2018, October, we actually built our first, uh, India's first uh, quantum security product. So, so that was the that was journey. And the good part is that the other very important part, uh, other than the founding team, is that uh, you need a support from um, uh, some of your uh, believers, right, who believe in the team, who believe in the, uh, the, the, the vision, right? So, so Shinwas Aluri himself was a, a big investor into QNU Labs. And not only he did that, he also believed in the team, he believed in the vision, and then he brought uh, some of the other angels together. And these angels committed um, money to us, right? And that was a, was a very, very important because uh, somebody who had a patient, so money is easy, right? But the patient's, patient's money is very difficult. In deep tech, you need a patient money, right? Where somebody gives you money, trust you and say, okay, don't worry, and give you enough time and, and freedom to, to really do our research and, and development. So we got that, we were very lucky that we got the absolutely right investors for us. And it took us almost about three years to really get our first product going, right? So, so we got our initial funding uh, till this round, uh, the pre-series around what we're done. We had raised almost about, uh, I would say $5 million, largely coming from angel investors, um, <clears throat> some of the families uh, and, and friends and families, and also a couple of strategic investors who came in right and uh, put in the money so that got us going uh, you know um, uh, really helped us really uh, go and uh, hire the right people do experiment fail and then succeed and you needed the money to do that right and that is what makes a difference start deep tech requires money not only to build products but money to experiment to fail <laughs> right and and uh, and we got that right and that is where we are where we are today so so we got that 
And uh, so there are, uh, I think we are the probably second company in the world to have uh, three products uh, in this space. Uh, first product, we call it our quantum random number generator, right? Uh, which generates, a, uh, we call it a, uh, a basic entropy or random numbers that are used to create an, uh, encryption keys. So, right, this is called the basic uh, material that you need to, uh, is random numbers, 0, 1, 0, 1 random numbers, but these are quantum physics-based random numbers, so highly random, highly unbiased, so which means that you're using these numbers to build a key, encryption key, which nobody can guess, right? So we got that quantum random number generator. Second thing, what we got was a quantum key distribution, uh, which is again a, our flagship product. And only two companies in the world has this product. And now we have a, a next version of the product, which is which is probably a, one of its kind in the world. And then we also did another one we call post-quantum cryptography, which is a software-based um, uh, uh, cryptography. So with these three products that we built, we are pretty much uh, have a very wide area of uh, solutions available with us to tackle to defense and uh, critical infrastructure problem, security, or we can take it to the banks, healthcare, or uh, data centers to solve their security problems. Mm. Uh Explain the uh, context a little bit. Uh, why are governments, companies now uh, investing in uh, you know quantum uh, cryptography and, as you mentioned, post sort of quantum cryptography? I mean, in in layman's terms, is this because if quantum computers, commercial quantum computers, become reality, they would be able to break the uh, you know security. Uh, technology developed with current classical computers is that the reason so that is one of the reason um, so i'll tell you that three things that are uh, important to understand one is that um, when you do a security uh, so you basically uh, uh, like example when we do internet banking or we do mobile banking uh, so the trust comes in the uh, in the when we do https or we do any transaction so there is some transport layer security that we trust in Right now, these security, uh, uh, this algorithm that we use, right? We call it asymmetric keys and uh, RSA and elliptical curve cryptography. So these algorithms were developed almost over forty years ago, right? These algorithms was not designed for internet, right? And also, you see, mobile phones were not designed for security. Mobile phones, phones were designed to for do voice, but. We have, as, as we new consumers, we keep asking for more. And what happened, a very simple, easy feature phone, voice-based fo voice feature phone, now became a smartphone. And a lot of features have been added to it. Security has also been added to it. But fundamentally, mobiles are not uh, designed for security. Internet is not designed for security. But, uh, and, but we have been using it for, uh, for secure communication, right? <laughs> so, so we always see that there have been fault lines. There have been issues. There have been gaps. Uh, but we have been continuing, right? That's the reason if you see while the world has been moving on with the same algorithms and so on. But left and right, we have seen n number of hacks happening, right? Just because we are we are using a, a, a some fundamental crypto infrastructure that is not meant for uh, for the purpose that we are using it for. So we felt that that uh, this cannot continue any longer, and these fault lines are going to become bigger and bigger uh, as the new technologies come in. So we need to somewhere address that, right? Uh, the trust uh, has to come in. Now, second part was that as, as these vulnerabilities get bigger and bigger, uh, we were still okay because our current classical computers do not have the capability to break the current crypt cryptography, 
So, so we, so it, it is like saying, uh, I, I have uh, some cracks in my wall, uh, but I'm managing it because I know the wall is not going to fall, uh, but it's okay. And the cracks are increasing, but I still am comfortable with it. But just imagine that if an earthquake happens, then the wall will come down, right? Now I don't, I, I don't expect earthquake to happen. So thus I will not take action. But just imagine if the earth, I knew the earthquake is going to happen, will I let the cracks uh, continue? No, I will not, right? So similarly, this quantum computer is like an earthquake, right? This quantum computer is going to come, it's going to come anytime from now to for the next 10 years, it can come anytime. Now this earthquake is going to, is going to um, disrupt and break everything that we trust today in terms of uh, encryption in terms of cryptography, which means that banking, healthcare, government, defense, any anything where we we have confidentiality of the data will fall apart. Just and it is not going to be small uh, attack and some some loss of data here and there. It is a it will be a, a apocalypse, right? Everything will come down. Enterprises will come down to their knees. So it is like a very big, it is a, it's sort of a Y2K problem, right? Y2K problem, you remember that if the date comes, millennial date, then uh, 2000 date, uh, then year will come and then everything will stop working. Similarly, it is a much bigger problem, right? Then Y2K problem, it is y Y2Q problem. Because the the day Q come, quantum computer comes in, everything that, was, that we take it for granted today will stop working. Right, and there will be legal suites. There will be huge insurance claims, and then a number of issues will happen because uh, the type of catastrophe it will bring along. So that was the second problem, right? Third problem that was that uh, we Web 3.0. You think about now the internet, the current internet, which is uh, which is based on trust in the some protocol communication, uh, you know, stacks, and there's a bank. Uh, who, who centralized uh, you know systems are there who takes care of your um, uh, security and encryption and and also on right like today if i interact with the bank uh, then uh, telecom service provider takes care of my communication and the bank uh, takes care of my transaction at their bank server right they provide the security but we are talking about web 3.0 which is going to be very decentralized system right there will not going to be any central banks in the central system it will be distributed blockchain based architecture Right. Similarly, autonomous vehicles, right? IoT devices, IoT devices, and number of billions of IoT devices are going to come. How are these devices and autonomous vehicles, the blockchains, are going to work, right? <clears throat> Where the trust needs to be uh, is not with the one person, but trust is distributed, which means that you will trust into the systems and you will trust into the cryptography that is there on each device, right? It is it is called auto uh, automated trust. Now we are moving from centralized man man handled trust to an automated trust. Now automated trust will not work <laughs> if you do not have a very uh, well proven and unbreakable uh, technology underneath. So what we are doing and why governments, uh, Indian government is so so interested and why they are did a quantum mission because the future is 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 all quantum right future is all about uh, as you see autonomous vehicle blockchains and, and 5g and so on now all these technologies are very good for human and it will bring uh, you know significant change in the life of people but at the same time these are going to bring a huge amount of issues in terms of confidentiality privacy of data so so that is the reason that 
Indian government also started that quantum mission that if we do not start this now and put enough money to bring skills, build companies, build infrastructure, as we speak today, our Indian defense is changing their crypto infrastructure and they're deploying our products, right? We, as you would have seen the uh, email uh, uh, news item a, a week, week ago, that Indian Army has announced a quantum lab, right? The lab was set up by us for them. So already we are started working with government and defense to start training people, start building labs, start building infrastructure, replacing uh, you know uh, you know your the, our old classical crypto infrastructure with the latest uh, quantum based in, uh, crypto structure. Right now we are talking to uh, banks, uh, NPCI, and a number of other people that how do we take this technology everywhere? Right. So that's the reason because the impact of this uh, three things that I told you um, is going to be so, so significant uh, that uh, that uh, I mean, the action has to happen today. Mm. Uh, and explain your uh, technology a little bit more. Is it uh, entirely software or is there a hardware component to it as well? So so we have both. Um, so the more fundamental is actually hardware. Um, uh, because uh, what has happened is today, if you see the security and uh, encryption security is based on mathematics. So today, when you look all the RSA and elliptical curve cryptography, they're based on um, the fact that uh, that there is a mathematical problem, which is called factorizing, factori factorization of an integer or a, uh, or the discrete uh, logarithm, uh, logarithm, right? These two problems today can't be solved by the classical computer. That's the reason we are safe. Right, because these are hard problems to solve by the classical computers. But quantum computers that uh, the the coming quantum computers are going to solve this problem in few seconds. Right, they will going to break the moment you are able to solve this. This means uh, uh, hackers will be able to get access to your encryption keys. Right. So the idea is that we move from mathematics to physics, like law of, law of uh, gravity, law of motion, right, thermodynamics laws, and so on. Right. Our we have physics laws of physics. Laws of physics are universal and they can't be broken, right? So, but mathematics is, is, is around complexity, right? If somebody can solve that mathematical problem, then I can get that, uh, I can find out the keys. So we are now moving, looking at the way the world is moving. We also said we are going to move the cryptography from a mathematics-based or complexity-based to more fundamental physics-based, right? So that nobody can, so which means we will make it unconditional. When I say unconditional, what it means is, Today, the security is conditional to the compute power, right? If you have abundant compute power, then you can break the encryption today. We are moving to a quantum-based encryption where it is independent of the compute power. We are using a fundamental laws of quantum physics, like Heisenberg uncertainty principle, no cloning theorem, and so on. These fundamental principles cannot be broken by any computer today or tomorrow, right? And we you and I'll give explain you that um, the, some principle. So so there's a principle um, that is used, uh, which is a qubit. You heard you might have heard of qubit. Uh, mm. Normal classical computers work on zero or one at the same time. Uh, zero and one, right? It can't be zero and one at the same time. It is zero or one. But in quantum computers, we use qubit, which is zero and one at the same time, and it could be any value between zero and one, right? I'll give you a more layman layman term example. When you toss a coin, uh, in today's world, we call it a classical world today. When I toss a coin and it is flipping, you will wait for the coin to fall down and to make a decision whether I've won or lost because based on head and tail. Right? This is called classical world because it can be either head or tail. 
you will never have a both the things but in quantum world they are not interested in zero or one they are interested in in both the position together that's the reason when you are flipping the coin quantum computer will be interested when the coin is flipping because at that time they can do a com computation their algorithms are such that they can do a computation based on the hybrid state right we call it superposition when it is zero and one at the same time so quantum quantum physics has two principles it has superposition and quantum entanglement so we use quantum superposition principles right uh, to to build our quantum cryptography so what happens is we build a separate channel right between two entities right any two entities they connected on optical fiber we build a we build a, um, uh, a quantum channel and this quantum channel has a superposition of 0 and 1 so what happens any hacker who tries to uh, eavesdrop on the data this quantum channel disrupts and we immediately know that somebody is trying to uh, copy the data and we stop generating the key so just imagine a situation uh, the hackers may may get access to your data encrypted data but they never have the access to the key so they will never be able to break and decrypt your data but today what happens is in the classical world what happens is when the when any when the data is copied any encrypted data is copied they also get the key right and they can use the key to decrypt the data so we are taking the key out so our technology is such that hackers will never get access to the encryption key and thus they will never be able to decrypt the data and and what is the hardware aspect it is the key generator is it so so what happens is that in the box uh, this basically is a is a two different products quantum random number generator is like a uh, is like a laser gun we have and there's a photons we generate light particles smallest light particle is called photons so we mm -hmm. generate photons and random photons and these random photons are used to create the random stream right which is our quantum random number generator product now other product is which is very interesting which is key distribution basically what it means is uh the problem happens in our classical world is because the key has to be there at both ends right one side you have the you have to encrypt and other side you have to decrypt so so the key has to has to be available at both ends now this that is where the problem happens that during the in the classical world some information of the key gets leaked right and the hackers get access to the leak and then they get the key but in 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 our technology what happens is the the beauty of quantum physics is that between any two locations they separated by let's say 200 kilometers between them i can put my boxes at two ends think of think of this boxes like a servers a two hardware servers i put at two ends and these two boxes magically we create a pair of keys without sharing any information on the on the network which means that both of them will have a same key one side encryption other side decryption without accessing any information on the network which means hackers can never get access to that information Hmm. You've also mentioned uh, satellite-based uh, quantum key distribution. What is this about? So, so this QKD that I talked about right now, this this is a technology because it's based on physics and photons. So there's a there's a there's a limitation of this technology that this is meant for metro area network, hundred kilometers, two hundred kilometers today, right? We have built a product which uh, between point to point it can be two hundred kilometers, and now I can put another box. another pair of box to take it 200 400 600 800 that's where i can increase it right in putting them into 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 serial order in a into a chain right i can build a chain of qkd but that becomes sometimes the, you don't have an optical fiber right for example if i'm i'm trying to connect somebody outside india right 
then I will not be able to access because they may not have optical fiber or everywhere optical fiber may not be there. So, so we decided that we will build for India, we will build a satellite based uh, communication, which means instead of optical fiber, the two entities, two uh, endpoints communicate with each other. Let's say two embassies of India. One is uh, in Afghanistan and other is in, let's say in Bangladesh. These two Indian embassies can talk to each other or they can talk to Ministry of Home Affairs in Delhi using satellite communication without using any optical fiber. This means that through satellite, I can give a very large distances and connectivity any point to any point. Right? So we are breaking the distance barrier. Hmm. Okay. In terms of your business operations, you, you already said you're building a lab for the Indian Army. Uh, who are any other uh, noteworthy customers that you are allowed to talk about? So Indian Army is already talked about it. We are trying to build that for Navy, right? Uh, again, uh, in Indian defense, you can say. Um, uh, we already have a couple of customers in Middle East, uh, right, who are using this. We have a customer in Belarus who's using it for a blockchain, securing their blockchain. Uh, we are now, um, uh, we, uh, one of our startup companies using our product and they have recently replaced uh, our product with an IBM product, right? Um, and uh, so we have some very interesting uh, uh, developments that are happening right now uh, as we speak, um, uh, where we are actually uh, transforming the way uh, the people have been operating. And just to give an example, with for a customer, uh, I can't name that customer. Uh, they they had a challenge of making sure their ships are not uh, tied down uh, with the op with the fiber optic uh, for the land cables that are going from ship to a uh, some uh, interconnection point, right? Instead of that, they wanted a Wi-Fi communi communication. Now, Wi-Fi communication is highly insecure. So, so we actually created a VPN tunnel, which is quantum secure VPN tunnel. By creating a quantum secure VPN tunnel, we have been able to allow the ships to move in the dockyard without now tied down to the cables, right? So, so they are now, so basically if you see, because we have provided a quantum-based trust in the Wi-Fi, now there's a mobility that we have achieved. So the, all the ships and our customers was able to achieve the mobility, which was not possible earlier. So that's a very good example of that when you get a trust in, in, a, in a communication, then you start using it, uh, then several yeah, interesting use cases emerge for the customer. Right now, now we are also you will hear that about from us very soon. We are now building in some of the very interesting applications that will be used in enterprises. Uh, we are building um, uh, we are building a very interesting uh, a mobile uh, mobile based um, uh, product that will come out uh, very soon. So so we are now our focus is now uh, to build a very strong, uh, very very unique uh, application and uh, solutions for enterprise market. You will you will you will soon hear from us a solution that we are taking to a, a healthcare and uh, and banking sector. Uh, you you started out by you know talking about the challenges of building uh, really deep, deep engineering based companies uh, out of India. Uh, now that you are at a point where you're you've got commercial products, customers are evaluating it, some are uh, using it. Do you, what are the big challenges in terms of you know the next phase of growth for q new labs yeah so uh, good 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 you asked me this question because i talked about proof of science proof of tech proof of business 
So we have done proof of tech, proof of science, proof of tech, proof of business. We have customers, we have revenues, and so on. Now, I think for any any startup, the most important part comes with the proof of scale, right? So now that is the stage we are. We are trying to build now. We have already built our engines. We have already got our platform in, right? Now we are building some of the solutions and applications now which can be used by the mass uh, uh, users, right? For example, uh, we are we're thinking about how um, each one of, just imagine, right? Each one of us using a, a, a quantum secure WhatsApp, right? So end-to-end mm-hmm. uh, security and so on, right? So it is possible. Right, so so we are trying to come up with solutions that are going to be used by uh, large customer base uh, across industry, right, um, and so on, right, based on. So that is where the scale is going to come. So I think the and that is where our journey from now to the next one year is uh, through the satellite and then through some of the new product development and solutions which we are doing. Uh, we are going to actually take our uh, technology from a focused. A targeted and niche market to a uh, mainstream, right? So we are on the on the path to do that. So, I mean, in in terms of uh, the ecosystem for uh, deep engineering companies in India, uh, do you see any uh, important uh, developments that are positive in terms of availability of experienced talent or availability of money and so on in India now? So uh, talent is always uh, is is very important uh, when you scale teams. Uh, but um, you know uh, the challenge for deep tech is that because now good it's good for India that unicorns are there. Uh, you know e-commerce and uh, you know uh, uh, education tech and and so on. So and everybody is raising so much money that all the good talents are being <laughs> right mm-hmm. bought out with 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 the, and everybody is getting so much money that is very difficult for somebody to uh, to get and spend their next 3 years because see uh, deep tech is all about commitment for a longer term you can't have one year and then go over and so on by the time you learn and so on so obviously the talent is a challenge to to really get a good talent in the in the market which is uh, which is which is growing very fast, and there a lot of money is, is is available for people, so on. So and and but but we have been to a good extent we have been able to solve that problem through our own connects. Uh, we have not going gone to the market to hire people. We have our own because we're senior people. We have our own uh, channels. We have our own networks. So we are we have most of the people. Like example, my chief growth officer, my chief product officer, both of the people who worked with me in the past. So I brought them on, right. And uh, and now we have got a head of defense guy who also worked with me in the past. So we have got the good. So it's the like-minded people who work together and who uh, who are who are who are working for a mission, right? Who are working on a vision and 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 one mission that they want to achieve for India. And and nation building is the core there, right? How do we build nation building and how then take that to globally to the world? So I think you have to find those people, excite them, show them the vision, uh, make them part of it. Uh, that that we have to do, but we have been fortunate to have got good people. So we will see when we go and scale. Other thing, what we have done is we have gone ahead and hired some very good young interns. And uh, so after they do intern, they join us. So that's what they we have got a good young energetic talent. So I don't think the talent is is always a problem, but uh, we have not faced that as a as a major challenge. Funding has been though we have a great set of uh, angel fund angel. Uh, investors who continue to give us money but some point of time you need a vc money institution money and uh, deep tech unfortunately 
people, uh, uh, most of the um, VCs in India, uh, because they have better options to invest in other companies than deep tech <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and contribute in the unicorns. I think uh, we today investing in deep tech is not priority for most of them, right? And then uh, the risks are more, right? And uh, because there are no examples, there's no good example. So, so now I think once one or two companies become successful, are we hoping that a lot more money would be available and, you know, and trust will come in with the VCs to invest more money. So that, that is definitely a challenge. Ecosystem is, is, was not there, but fortunately, NASCOM, Deep Tech, uh, then we did uh, NetApp Accelerator, Cisco Launchpad. We were fortunate to be part of three or four great um, startup uh, you know, accelerator programs. Um, and that really helped us in our journey, because with each of those, uh, uh, you know, programs, uh, startup programs, we were able to solve certain in- in- interesting problems and move forward. So I think ecosystem has, uh, I mean, I may compare five years ago and now is, is drastic improvement. A lot more uh, mentors are available. Uh, there is, uh, you can interact with people. There are a lot of, uh, you know, expertise is available. Um, yeah, but we have to do a lot more. We have to do a lot more. All right, excellent, sir. And truly inspiring to see uh, folks like you, uh, you know, persevering to build the deep tech ecosystem in India. As you said, more uh, in terms of a vision and mission, uh, with a very long-term view. Uh, so, very happy to chronicle your progress. Uh, and thank you so much again for your time. Uh, and I definitely hope keep the conversation going. Thank you so much, Eric, for for your time and uh, giving us the opportunity. That was Sunil Gupta. That's it for this conversation. You can find all our podcasts at ForbesIndia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arakali. Thank you for listening.